Welcome to the 7220 Sports Kickoff Show with Cody Tucker, presented by Lovejoy's Bar and Grill, your college football and NFL viewing headquarters in downtown Laramie. Also brought to you by the Brown and Gold Outlet, Warren's Repair and Towing, and Rocky Mountain Shirtworks. We now take you to Cody Tucker. Welcome to the 7220 Sports Kickoff Show here on 1290. KOWB. Hope you're listening on the 7220sports.com app. It's a beautiful Saturday in Laramie, Wyoming, Hawaii. The season finale taking place at uh, War Memorial Stadium. 1 p.m. kickoff. Uh, Cowboys and Rainbow Warriors. It's hard to believe these two teams play for a traveling trophy. Cowboys can go 3-0 and in that regard this year, which would always be a positive. The Paniolo Trophy, because there's nothing quite as different geographically or in every other way than Wyoming and Hawaii. So, uh, unfortunately for the Cowboys, it's actually really nice today in Laramie. We're outside the Brown and Gold store here on the corner of 21st and Grand. It's kind of nice. Uh, it's not Hawaii weather, but it's uh, it's pretty nice. So, uh, joined as always here, Ryan Clement, Kyle Cedar, fellas. Beautiful day in Laramie. Finale. Just had an awesome Thanksgiving. Had a good time. I want to start this show, though, talking about rival. It is rivalry weekend in college football, and it always makes me upset because CSU and Wyoming should be playing on this day, and they should be playing for all the marbles on this day if all went to plan. And uh, it just, that's, I started thinking about that this morning. I'm like, man, it drives me nuts that Wyoming is playing Hawaii on rivalry weekend. I know. When did that change? (laughs) I don't know. Because I remember 10 years ago, you know, we'd have Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving weekend, and then, you know, drive from Casper... Growing up to, you know, all the way down to Fort Collins or Laramie for the game, and it was yep. just a fun long weekend. And well, in 1996, it was for all the marbles in Fort Collins mm-hmm. in the snow right after Thanksgiving, and yeah. you just miss that happening. Yeah, there's no question that that should be rival weekend for the Cowboys. I just uh, I just googled Paniolo, and I think you already knew this, uh, <laughs> Cody, but it means it means cowboy in Hawaiian. It sure does. Did not know that. Well, yeah. and the Paniolo Trophy actually got lost for a long time, and you know these teams didn't play for a long time. They weren't in the same conference yeah. ever since the WAC disbanded, and nobody knew who had it. It got dropped in a volcano. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just disappeared. <laughs> so now uh, now they have it. Wyoming has it, of course. Hawaii came to Laramie. Lucky sons of guns. I get to come to Laramie two years in a row. Remember last year, it was nice and cold. It was a Cowboys opener. Hawaii played Fresno State first, I believe, and then they stopped in Denver and decided to just stay on the mainland because of COVID and getting back and forth into the islands. And a lot of those kids, they'd never seen snow before. And a lot of Wyoming players after that game mentioned that the Hawaii boys didn't like it very much that night. Mm-hmm. It was chilly. Well, and I, I think the problem with the rivalry weekend is you have to have some animosity toward the opponent. Yeah. And, and I mean that in the most uh, sportsmanlike way. Sure. But the problem is you, you, you can't be mad at the Rainbow Warriors. <laughs> I mean, no, you really can't. You can't. There's nothing. I mean, well, and even when you grab, they don't the present. They don't present any kind of of problem to you. Yeah, they're from a nice island. They're great hosts. They're great we'll hosts over there. Yeah, they've got lays on. <laughs> yeah, and they do the hula. The hula. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. Aloha means goodbye, mm-hmm. and Doesn't hello. It, mean hello too? Yeah. it means hello and goodbye. <laughs> I mean, you can pitch it and hit it right. at the same time. You know, it's it's, it's cool to have a trophy on the line, of course. But I mean, come on, it's right. This yeah. isn't the rivalry. The rivalry was. 
two weeks ago against uh, yeah, the, kids the, from, the kids from Fort Collins on the bronze boot. So that needs to kind of be fixed, I think, in scheduling components. But just like you said, uh, Cody, on our, our, our Monday Facebook live stream from my bar Dillinger's in downtown Cheyenne, 1601 Central Avenue, if you can make it down here because of all the construction, I don't blame you if you don't, um, <laughs> is, is, is that, uh, you know, the, the bottom line is this is a game that, that uh, you know, the Cowboys win – and and they're bowl eligible, and then and then what happens? And then what happens? Then what do we do then? Yeah. Um, I think you, you get to a bowl game, and it looks like the Arizona Bowl is interested, uh, based on their kind of social media posts. Yeah, yeah. Arizona would be the fun one. But before we get into Wyoming and Utah State, because I want to talk a little bit about that, because we are not going to miss talking about the best offensive performance, the best special teams performance, and one of the best defensive performance of the year. But first things first, Thanksgiving rivalry weekend, Ryan. What teams not named Wyoming or Miami do you love on Rivalry Weekend? What's a game that you have to watch every year? Well, it, it, it's without question Michigan Ohio State. Um, it's the it's the big game mm-hmm. that that's what it's been called for as long as it's been played. Um, I think over a hundred years now. Maybe I'm a little bit off on that, but at, at the same time, uh, Michigan Ohio State, and I think Michigan still leads the series by maybe you know a little bit less than ten games. Uh, but they've uh, they've been playing since uh, at least 1902. Which was when the uh, the Wolverines scored an eighty eight nothing victory over over the the Buckeyes. Which, by the way, those out in the listening audience, a Buckeye is a poison nut. Um, it's not a like I thought growing up. It was like Buckeye. Like what is that? It sounds like a, a big animal, like an elk or something. No, it's a tree, and <laughs> <Yeah>. it's the grows <laughs> like nuts. A mighty tree. <laughs> anyway, they're not as fearsome as you might think. The point is. Um, they will sneak up behind you and poison your coffee. Um, <laughs> that, that without question, growing up uh, was something that, that, that I always watched. Uh, it was, you know, really Colorado, Nebraska, back in the day, used to be a big one. Um, never missed that one on this weekend. Um, definitely Thanksgiving going in, and, and they would play on Thanksgiving, or they'd play the, the day after on, on, on Friday. So, you know, those two games, when I'm thinking back, um, but but certainly Ohio State Michigan and there's so much riding on this one, yeah. you know, in, in college Huge. football playoff and <clears throat> Harbaugh is 0 and 5 right now against uh, Ohio State. Um, I think he's got a 77 percent win percentage in the conference is what I was listening to yesterday, um, but zero percent win percentage against the biggest rival that he's got. And uh, you know, there's a lot of pressure on him, and it's a bummer because he's playing probably the best Ohio State team he's played in some time with the three-headed monster of those wide receivers, which none of them got a, a, a nomination for the Blitnikoff Award, by the way, which is a travesty of justice. They're stealing <laughs> balls from each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. yeah. But those are the three best wide receivers in the country, and they all. They're all on the same team. As a matter of fact, one of the guys that got awarded or nominated for the Blitnikoff Award actually transferred from Ohio State to get away from that situation because he wasn't going to start. Right. So th- there are some strange things going on with some of the, uh, you know, the national position awards. But uh, you know, this is going to be a really interesting game. Uh, Ohio State, in my opinion, probably runs away with this thing. Uh, I just don't see how Michigan can hang with these guys after their performance, after Ohio State's performance against Michigan State. But then, obviously, you go back to Bedlam as well. I mean, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State wasn't something that you looked forward to every year, but I'm looking forward to it this year because Mike Gundy has been talking so much trash. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, and and I bet he never beat them as a uh, quarterback at Oklahoma State. No, there's no way. Um, Because Larry Coker was our offensive coordinator, and he was my offensive coordinator, so I know no way did they beat them. Anyway... um, (laughs) 
I, I, I think the other one is, is Florida, Florida, uh, Florida, Florida State. Yeah. Um, a really interesting game every year. It used to be, you know, Charlie Ward and Danny Werfel back in the day. That was a lot of fun. Um, lost a does, little luster this year. It, it's lost a, a tremendous amount of luster. Dan Mullen was let go uh, in the last couple of days by the University of Florida after taking him to three New Year's uh, Day six games. Um, gives up 52 against Sanford. Uh Loses, loses to Missouri. Loses to Missouri, and the Missouri coach had nothing good to say about <laughs> yeah. Dan Mullen after that game. It was pretty amazing yeah. how much trash these guys are talking these days. Yeah. Um, but still, that, that game, and, and the cliche that I dislike, but I'm going to say it in this case, is you do throw out the records in this game. Um, it'll be charged, supercharged. The folks in Gainesville don't like the folks in Tallahassee. Yeah. Kyle? What are some games you look forward to on this weekend? Yeah, I mean, definitely Ohio State, Michigan. Um, and just like Ryan said, this year when both teams are competitive, like Florida State and Florida did for years, I mean, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, they're playing. They're each playing for something. They're playing for, you know, college football playoff uh, bid. And uh, I, think, I think the most interesting rivalries are the teams that recruit against one another that grew up playing against one another, so there's kind of some animosity towards kids on the field. Um, you know, just like Wyoming CSU, if we yeah. we recruit in or Wyoming recruits in Colorado a lot. I mean, there's 20 plus players from Colorado, so there's something extra to play for. So I think that adds a, another element, which mm-hmm. is fun. Um, I mean, Alabama Auburn was fun to watch. I mean, it's kind of one of those games that's always going to. There, it's always going to be a close game. I feel like, because yeah. um, Auburn has the talent, yeah, to to play with them. So, yeah, I, I would say I would say those are the ones that I look forward to. I wasn't quite. I mean, I was. I remember the Colorado Nebraska games, but I mean, since Nebraska went to the the Big Ten, um, I you know, I there's a few games that I remember, but not like what you guys remember. Yeah, something that's turning into must watch a little bit, a lot because of the coaches. Is Ole Miss and Mississippi State, Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin, that's kind of must-watch TV, right? That's true. Uh, those two are incredible. But for me, Ryan stole my first one, Nebraska-Colorado. Guys, I, I, I make no secret about it. I love hate-watching stuff. And uh, so I'll occasionally watch myself, like, I'm watching BYU TV and I'm just getting red-assed, like, beyond belief. And I'm like, why am I watching BYU TV? Yeah. I love watching stuff that makes me upset, but then I turn the channel because I don't want to give them ratings. Right. All right. <laughs> so I turn it off. But it was the same way with CU in Nebraska. And usually Nebraska was the big dog with everything to play for coming into Boulder. So I'd always kind of pull for CU in that game because, I, I mean, my hatred for Nebraska is just for real. Same with CU. But in that one, you, you want the underdog to win that one. But to me, the one I miss the most, and it's going to be coming back finally here in a couple of years, is Texas and Texas A&M. That was always so much fun to watch that game. You forget, you know, you think about Ricky Williams breaking the record. You think about the bonfire, and, and you know, going to a game at both of those schools, a Wyoming game at both of those schools. It's so legit, especially Texas A&M. Just the the traditions are unbelievable. Even in their fight song, they talk about sawing off the horns. I mean, that's in your fight song that you hate your rival that much, and it's a travesty that that game is not played any longer. But with both in the SEC, I'm sure it's coming back, and it'll be on Thanksgiving weekend here directly. Well, I, I just don't know if Texas is going to be able to field a team. <laughs> <laughs> For real. I think there are like 40 guys 
you know, you know, in the transfer portal at this point. Uh, so that's going to be really interesting to watch to see how Sarkeesian takes care of that issue. Yeah. Um, you know, the, and, and I was listening to some, some stuff yesterday on SiriusXM and, you know, to listen to how the transfer portal works. It's like you have to have so many guys get into the transfer portal so that you can pull, pull from the transfer portal. If you don't have guys going into it, and this is something that we talked about on Monday with Craig about utilizing the transfer portal. Well, if you don't have – 10 guys in it you can't pull 10 guys out of it yeah, yeah. so it, it's you you can't just start you know changing your your team around you know it's not like i'm going to bring in 10 guys from free agency and you guys can all go away you actually have to get into the portal i got 10 guys in the portal so i can pull 10 guys out of the portal um and, and so i think that's pretty equitable and it, and it kind of takes care of some of the concerns that, that that coaches have about the portal um but at the same time and and the University of Texas right now is a, uh, to put it mildly, a dumpster fire. Yeah. Um, they go four and one. They've lost seven straight. Uh, Sarkeesian has absolutely pointed the finger at the players. <laughs> Just said these guys can't play. They don't want to play. You know, and and inviting them to get into the portal. Yeah. Because um, he, you know, obviously they're not going to fire him year one. Maybe that's his plan. It's got to be. His, yep. It's got to be his plan. A- after they lose that that uh, first half lead, where I think they were up twenty eight points on Oklahoma in the yeah, first half yeah, and they're yeah. four and one. Since that moment they've lost they lost that game and then lost another six straight. So uh, you know at some point he lost the locker room and and those players uh, have bailed and, and they're bailing all over the place. So Texas is going to look really different by the time they play Texas A&M in a couple of years. Which in turn means they're going to look really different when Wyoming plays in Austin which I believe is in 2025. Yeah. It's <laughs> so good. Yeah, yeah, it'll it'll definitely it'll definitely be a, a Steve Sarkeesian either transfer portal or recruited team at that point since they're losing seventy dudes. I don't know how many it is, but I, it's over forty guys, well, which is shocking. Speaking of that ninety six uh, ninety six Wyoming team, that's uh, Steve Sarkeesian was the quarterback of that BYU team, and uh, Wyoming owes him still to this day. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be an interesting storyline that week. I'm interested to see what Sark has to say about well, that. Well, Sark and I were uh, teammates at the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in the CFL. Uh, we were quarterbacks together up there. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Does he suck as a human, or did you like him? Oh, he's a great guy. Is he? I hate to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I only What I think of when I think of Sark, unfortunately, is when he was the head coach at USC and he showed up all drunk. Drunk on the podium? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I love the Trojans. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> college, being a head coach in college, being a coach period in college uh, is is kind of a high pressure scenario. I'd be stressed. And, out. and I got to be honest, I'm I'm just happy Sark uh, has gotten his second chance, and it's great that that a guy like him can can get a second chance and do what he's been able to do. But he was a great teammate and a, and a great person, and uh, I think he's a great coach. Um, it's interesting to see what's happened down there at Texas that he did lose the locker room as. as as bad as he did, but you know, coming into that situation where a lot of those players were shocked that Tom Herman was fired in the first place, yeah. um, and then bringing in Sarkeesian in, in the way that they did, and then all of his staff, I just, I just don't think the kids responded to it very well, especially if they started to lose. Yeah, you know, I, and they, well, they and, weren't very good in the first place, and they weren't. Well, you know, uh, great you, athletes, great, obviously. Yeah, no yeah, they, they, but they, you have they, to have a team. Yeah, they look good in uh, sweatpants, um, yeah, but. Uh, no, it, it'll be interesting to see how that program, and, and that's another program that's just shocking to me that because they, you know they had Vince Young, yeah, yeah. you know, in that one year uh, or maybe two with Mac Brown where they were kind of up there, but from the time that I was in high school uh, until today, just the maybe the most underperforming 
program in the United States. Uh, you know, maybe Tennessee can get up to that level. But Texas has to be. It's Texas. Because you're in Austin, man. Right. Yeah. Give me a break. Well, and you have the Longhorn Network. I oh remember when that gosh. came out, I thought, huh? You've got cool colors. You have... Cool there's no logo. there's no pro sports like major pro sports yeah. and it's a city i mean yeah, go to you and i went there and i was yep. blown away how big it was it's in the top 10 biggest cities in the country yeah yeah it, and, and then the hill country yeah, yeah. sixth street oh, i mean there's just like travis you don't even have to recruit there and you're going to get kids there so mm-hmm. i think to some degree it's like the charlie strong uh hire uh, and then the Tom Herman hire. I mean, they don't give these guys a lot of time to develop. They don't. You have to win and win now. And so it, it, I think there's a lot of pressure, especially from a lot of the booster groups and the alumni, to win immediately and to win certain games. You know, And yep. thank goodness they haven't had to play Texas A&M in the last couple of years, but yep. now it's coming back. That's one you got to win, and you got to win Red River War. Right, yep. I know that's not this weekend, and obviously that already happened early earlier in the season. But you got to beat Oklahoma, yeah, if you're Texas, yep. and and when you don't, you see what happens. You go on a six game losing streak. I just looked it up. Wyoming goes to Texas 2023. Oh, 23. So oh, hopefully Sark's still there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he should be. No. Uh, yeah, no. This might be a crazy question, Ryan, but do we see some of these high profile Dan Mullen types, um, Ed Orgeron types? Say uh, say the guy, I mean, his name slipped my mind, but the coach right now at Louisiana, for instance, the Raging Cajuns, they've been great the last three years, one of the best group of five teams. I've just read that he's a hot commodity, possibly could be the next guy. Is Florida. that Napier? Napier, yes. Ray Napier. Yep. So do you see these big-time guys? Like Ed Orgeron obviously would be perfect for that job, the Raging Cajuns job. Do you see them going, hey, you know what, I've already made my money, I've done that high-pressure crap where I, where I know I shake hands with these boosters, but they also decide my future. I'm going to go to Louisiana where I can literally coach there the next decade and retire. Yeah, this is going to be a really interesting year uh, because so many high-profile jobs are need to be filled. Uh, and so those jobs are going to be filled by guys like Napier, mm-hmm. who, who's just a perfect fit for LSU, to be 41 honest. 41 years mm-hmm. old. Perfect fit. Yeah. The guy has, has coached in uh, in the SEC. He's coached in the Pac-12. He's, he's been he's, I read, He coached under Sweeney and, yep. and Nick Saban. Um, yeah. He's a perfect candidate for LSU, and so that Raging Cajuns job comes open, and yeah, Orgeron would be perfect to walk into that one. Yeah. You're going to probably see a lot of high profile. and So all of these, there's going to be something like 28 to 32 head coaching jobs in, in high profile coaching jobs. Yeah. I mean, University, University of Miami is without question going to be one. Um, and so what happens if, if Manny Diaz gets fired, which God willing, and, <laughs> <laughs> and Lane Kiffin takes that job now you've got a now you got an open role at, at Ole Miss mm-hmm. um and, and a lot of these guys a Dan Mullen would be perfect at Ole Miss he was already at Mississippi State oh, I mean yeah. th- th- this this will be a legit coaching carousel that we've never seen before the likes of we've never seen before yeah, boys. Orgeron's already been at Ole Miss too yeah he That's has I it's being recycled and oh, oh man. It, it, you know what's funny I was listening to uh the radio yesterday and listening to some really good programs and you know there was like we're when do we get the coordinator hire again when, when do we go to the offensive coordinator who's really hot? Yeah. Right, right. And, and hire him as the head coach. Right yeah. now, it's just everybody's stealing everybody else's head coach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> instead of getting promoted in, within the same program. Right. Well, well yeah. yeah. Yep. Because, uh, you know, Manny Diaz might be a good example of that, to be honest. I mean, he was the defensive coordinator, and once Al Golden left, um, 
you know, they or Mark Richt, I'm sorry, once Mark Richt left, you know, they promoted him from D.C. to the head coaching uh, job. But you don't, you don't see that much anymore. Right. Now it's just all big moves, bring a big guy in. I mean, Mel Tucker's extension and then uh, – Franklin. Yeah, James Franklin. Franklin's extension. And Hugh Freeze. And Hugh Freeze extended. at Liberty. Yeah. For God's sake, how, I mean, how much money does Liberty have? I know. Private school, all the money probably in the a world. ton. Holy yeah. cow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what do they play, Old Dominion? Yep. Basically. <laughs> Yeah, but that that William goes, and Mary. I mean, does that go to show you guys that um, they've built something where they're at, and they're they see what's happening out of USC at Texas, where and here for you saw it, Ole Miss. Yeah, you saw it there. You get two, three years, and then you're out, and then you got to restart from the ground up. And they're like, I'll just chill here. I get to call a lot of shots at these smaller schools. Yeah, um, those are, those are the smart guys, to be honest. In, in my opinion, where you find a good spot. Um, nobody's Craig Bowles in that position. To mm-hmm. be honest, mm-hmm. he's in a spot where he, his job security is probably a hundred percent on a consistent basis. Yep. Um, he's making a wonderful salary. He can kind of call all the shots he wants. He can he he can dictate offense and defense and hire his coordinators and basically call plays. Um, you know, it's the these guys that get into these real high profile scenarios. If you're not Lincoln Riley, um, and I'll give Mike Gundy. You know, a little bit of credit for hanging out at Oklahoma State, but it's really not the same thing. He's a man. He's forty. Yeah, he's forty. <laughs> I'm a man. I'm forty. You don't dress him. He's he's nineteen. I'm a man. I'm forty. Sorry. Come to me. <laughs> um, but you know, to think uh, there's there's a, I think there's a seventeen. Uh, uh, Kyle Winningham at Utah has been there seventeen years. Yeah. There's only two other guys. Two other guys in in Division One college football, FBS college football, who've been there longer. Well, it was Gary Patterson was probably one of them. Yes, he, he was. was. So it's a it's it's not a you know job security is not the thing, and, mm-hmm. and, and it's interesting uh, that the coach at Utah, having been there and had as much success, having just uh, beat down Oregon, mm-hmm. his name's not being floated at all because <laughs> I listened to a, an interview yesterday that he had, and he was like, "I'm retiring." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, how gross though that that Whittingham <coughs> still grosses me out because he went to BYU. Yeah, I, I and know. He's been at Utah all this time. Well, that's so bizarre. Those Utah schools. I mean, Lavelle Edwards was there for thirty-five years at BYU. Oh, yeah. it, they, I mean, that's kind of their sh- sanctuary. Well, we were always really. jealous, you know. Here, <laughs> pardon because, the pun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it was you know we were always <coughs> jealous here because you'd go to these kickoff luncheons and there's Sonny Lubick and there's Fisher DeBerry and then there's whoever's. Wyoming's so coach this year. Us. Yeah. You know, that was always tough to tough to swallow. And Air Force, I believe, has only had like six coaches in their entire – they're the Pittsburgh Steelers of yes. college football. Yes. Uh, they are. I mean, they have had like six coaches in their history. And Colorado State, they would not be what they became for a while without Sonny Lubick. No chance. No chance. Who? I was Real quick, I was going to ask you guys, what I mean, what are, who's going to back the Brinks truck up for Luke Fickle? He might – Stay put until I, you – I mean, you mentioned Ohio State. I read today, though, the uh, AD at USC is his former AD at Cincinnati. Oh. Uh, so – Well, Fickle was always my, my choice to go to USC, and it makes sense to me, although it depends on his success this year with Cincinnati, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, They're going to get screwed. 
Well, we can talk college football playoff on the other side of the break, but uh, I think Fickle hangs out for that Ohio State job. I really do. I do, too, until they – It's not open. It's not open. It's not open until they takes another job. And and the question is why why would Ryan – well, Luke's my age. He's a little bit older than me. NFL. The NFL is the only thing that would would, – but, man, you're the head coach of Ohio State. I wouldn't leave. Yeah. All right. We got to take a quick commercial break here. I promise we'll talk about the Wyoming Cowboys <laughs> here in the next half hour. Stay tuned here to 1290 KOWB. If you do not have tickets to this game, get down here to the Brown and Gold. We have some tickets to hand out. Uh, we're also going to have some basketball tickets coming around the bend here, too. We're going to start doing something with basketball tickets. Uh, I have a feeling those are going to turn into a little bit of a hot commodity here soon if the Cowboys keep playing the way they are. Of course, 4-0, huge win at Grand Canyon the other night, a team that was in the NCAA tournament a year ago and has one of the best home court advantages in the country. Jeff Linder wants to see that come back to Laramie, of course, and his first year in Laramie was COVID year, so he got to see all of 2,000 people in the stands tops uh, in 2020. So, uh, as always, sponsored by Lovejoy's Bar and Grill, Warren's Towing and Repair, and Rocky Mountain Shirtworks. Once again, we are outside at the Brown and Gold Outlet on the corner of 21st and Grand here in Laramie. The Wyoming Cowboys and Hawaii Rainbow Warriors kick off at 1 p.m. today inside War Memorial Stadium. It is senior day. There are seven super seniors on this team. Alonzo Velasquez, Logan Harris, Trey Smith, Aiden Eberhardt, Sias Gandy, uh, Garrett Crawl, Braden Smith, those guys will all be playing their last game in a Wyoming uniform at home today, as well as Chad Muma, the junior linebacker, has declared for the NFL draft. He accepted an invite to the Reese Senior Bowl, which will be in Mobile, Alabama, in February. So Chad will also be playing his last game, and uh, he better have a son who comes and plays at Wyoming so he doesn't break that lineage. Um, what a great career he's had. He's been really fun to watch. Uh, guys, let's get into, uh, speaking of Mr. Muma, 17 tackles in that surprising, stunning 44-17 to beatdown of Utah State. Wyoming takes back Jim Bridger's rifle. Uh, unbelievable game from the Cowboys from start to finish. Let's just go around the horn here. What impressed you the most in this game, Ryan? Well, seventeen tackles is uh, is superhuman. <clears throat> I think I think more than anything, uh, Chad Muma's performance uh, just singularly on the defense was pretty amazing. I think the entire defensive effort, what they were able to do to shut down those uh, those uh, Utah State wide receivers and frustrate the quarterback, uh, was great. We finally won the turnover battle. Yep. Um, and as you get into some of these different stats, as far as uh, offensively, uh, holy cow, uh, Levi goes twelve of fifteen. Yeah. Uh, for more than 240 yards, um, and and once you get that kind of completion percentage, what that means is chunk plays, what that means is efficiency on first down, what that means is third down conversions, and what that means is keeping the football. Yep. What that means is more than 60 plays on offense. Yeah. Um, and all those things were true. He was hitting 16 yards uh, per pass completion. Um, the other quarterback was hitting about 4.1. Yeah. Um, Which you would have thought it'd be flip flopped going into that one. Going into this one, you think it would have been flip flopped. And, and, and as I texted you uh, during the game, where have these guys been yeah. all season long? And no I think question. that's what it's been a takeaway. I think they've put three complete games together, Ball State, Colorado State, and Utah State. Yeah. Um, and, and, boy, I wish we'd have had you know, nine or ten of those 
opportunities. Instead, we had three out of, you know, the 11 so far. And hopefully today we can put another one uh, together against the archipelago, the Hawaii uh, Rainbow Warriors. Yeah, and the beauty of it, I, too, I hope I'm not stealing one from you here, Kyle. Uh, the special teams, I mean, this was a three-phase win. Special teams puts up 20 of those 44 points. That's three John Hoyland field goals. That's a Cam Stone 99-yard touchdown uh, on a kickoff return. Uh, you don't uh, see that every day. So they just they dominated from start to finish in every phase of this game. Yeah, and uh, the Pokes must have been – they must have had our show on in the radio or in the, in the <laughs> locker room beforehand because they did everything that we said that they should do to get a win. Um, yeah, I mean, the explosive plays yeah. were, were the biggest thing. 40-yard pass to Nair, 99-yard touchdown return, um, 43-yard touchdown run, 98-yard touchdown run. I mean, you're going to win 10 out of 10 games if you're, if you're doing that and you're scoring on them. Well, and you got to think about it too. Isaiah Nair had a seventy-three yard touchdown pass called back. Yeah, I mean that's how explosive the Cowboys were in this game. Yeah, um, it, it, it all stands out. I think Joshua Cobbs had a really nice coming out party. Six catches, uh, seventy-six yards, and a touchdown. Isaiah Nair is going to open things up for the receiving core. Uh, so it's about time somebody stepped up and, and took advantage of that, and that's what they did. And I I want to give I, I want to say hats off to uh, Tim Polisek, the offensive coordinator. I thought he had a really great plan in this game. 100%. And uh, same with Jay Savell. And here's another question. I hate to bring this up, especially on a holiday weekend. The Cowboys have lost, what, two DCs in a row to Power 5 schools? Yeah. Jake Dickard, who's the interim at Washington State right now, and Scotty Hazleton, the defensive coordinator down at uh, or over State. at Michigan State. Jason Bell's got to be probably a pretty hot commodity this offseason. Yeah. Luckily, we know a uh, defensive coordinator that is jobless right now. Yeah. Who's <laughs> yeah. he, hey, hanging? Yeah, he just hangs out in Lawrence, Kansas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's just chilling right now. So I, th- I think we got <clears throat> an opportunity there with uh, with with DJ. You know, the, I I think um, the cool thing though is as we talked about uh, just just off air a minute ago is there's going to be so much turnover with head coaches around around the country that I think defensive coordinators are just going to be laying low. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, Jake Dickert might not have a job. Yeah, and once Washington State makes their hire. Oh uh, well, I mean, there's going to be so much shakeup. The coaching carousel literally is going to be. Um, on fire, so who knows? But but I, at this point, um, Wyoming has had a good defensive season. Uh, obviously, they, their secondary is ranked in the top five, I think, in the country. Four. Um, yep. For what they were able to do against Utah State is uh, really unbelievable. But as we talked about on Monday on our Facebook live stream, it seems like the Mountain West, maybe more than any other conference, but really this is true for a lot of other conferences as well, there seems to be more parity. Um, any given Saturday, this is another cliche I hate to use, but but it's true. Um, these guys have beat up on each other. Yeah, they uh, cannibalize each other hard. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, except for UNLV, who's really been in a lot of games. Yes. You know, took Fresno State to the mat. Um, except for UNLV in New Mexico, who, geez, that New Mexico uh, game just uh, it looms just looms more and more angry in my mind it that, does, that, that it? We, could, we couldn't have put all this together to at least beat New Mexico. You didn't even have to play a quarter of that well no to beat new mexico no it, it was in the middle of the uh quarterback controversy in the middle of the season um but i think the bottom line is what, what you saw on on saturday even though vegas knew something we didn't because the cowboys were only five and a half point dogs and really have 
based on their play in the last six weeks, should have been, in my opinion, maybe 14-point dogs. So Vegas knew something. Utah uh, State was rolling in off a huge win over San Jose State. They'd won yeah. five in a row. They were first place in the Mountain Division. They, yeah. had, they had everything in front of them, everything to play for, and Every, they've been rolling along. Everything yeah. to play for, rolling along, and, and, and then they, they, they kind of roll into a buzzsaw. And, and it just... Like I said, every every three or four weeks, Wyoming is who we thought they were. Yeah, <clears throat> and then but other than that, they've been consistently inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> well, and this week too, you could even if you're a pessimist, you could even watch the first part of this. And went, oh god, a pass interference just erased a 73 yard touchdown pass. Oh god, there's a false start on the first drive of the game again. Here we go, and instead they just chipped. And hit huge plays. And Polisek stayed on the gas, which oh, I loved. It was so nice to see the mix of pass and throws, uh, of the passing game and the running game. They really complemented each other. And then they did what Craig Bowl wants to do in the second half. They have a huge lead. They run, they run, they run, they break your will. And that's exactly what they did to Utah State. Yeah, it was it was impressive to watch. A lot of fun to watch. Um, and, and I think the play calling was, was, pretty, uh, was pretty spot on. But again, you go back to some of the stats that we talked about. You go 12 at 15 at the quarterback position. You have a 98-yard touchdown run from scrimmage. You have a 99-yard kickoff return. Uh, you know, Kyle just, you know, put it – Perfectly. You, you don't lose games when you win the turnover battle with that stuff and those big explosive plays, and the defense plays lights out. And we knew that, and that's the hard part about the quarterback decision, right? Sean Chambers, it, it, there's no getting around it. He was turning the ball over at an unbelievable rate. Yeah, no, I think that was kind of the biggest issue that he had. Um, despite the, the fourth quarter comeback drives in those games, in the first three quarters he didn't play exceptionally well. Yeah. Um, but you look to his leadership and you look to some of those throws he made and those fourth quarter comeback drives, uh, you know, last drive kind of comeback drives. Yep. And you said, okay, well, this, this guy's just got that thing. Yep. Um, and then we started to lose the turnover battle on a consistent basis in the first four games in the, in the Mountain West. Um, and, and, and now we're turning, that, we're turning that corner. And so I think this bodes really well for, you know, next year. Yeah. Uh, it's just too bad that we couldn't figure this out uh, earlier in this season. No doubt. Before we move on to Hawaii, I do want to give a shout-out to C.J. Colden and Aziz Hearn. Uh, they're a huge reason the Cowboys did what they did in Logan. Uh, because the Cowboys can have the cornerback skill. Both those guys should be coming back next year, by the way. Yeah. To go one-on-one with a Devin Tompkins, who was leading the nation, what, seven straight 100-yard games yeah. before this one? Mm-hmm. Uh, they held him to five receptions, 67 yards, and one of those receptions, guys, was a 41-yard touchdown. I'm not a mathematician. I'm not about to do the math on that, but that's pretty good. Yeah. One catch for 41, five more, or four more uh, for 67 yards total. Well, and like you said on Monday on the Facebook Live show, uh, Utah State was normally able to take care or take advantage of the zone defense yes. that other teams play against them in those formations that they were because they don't have the wide, skill. Yeah, and they didn't have the skill, so they were able to. You know, go at that, but Colden and Hearn are skilled enough to cover those guys one on one. Yep, and Isaac White gets the pick. He, of course, filling in for Sias Gandy, who's been dealing with stingers. Uh, Chad Muma played. They went with a one one linebacker scheme. Uh, Got to give a lot of credit to Jay Savell. He made a really good offense that averaged. 315 passing yards a game. They held Logan Bonner to 19 of 40 for 181 yards. Yeah, that was great. They played a lot of dime. 
Yeah. Uh, a lot of dime packages with six defensive backs, one linebacker, um, and, and four down linemen, which <clears throat> obviously Utah State struggled with in a big way. And the beauty, too, Ryan, sorry to cut you off. No, the defensive line got to Bonner all day long. They yeah. had one sack, but it didn't, didn't matter. They didn't got to him fun. all day. Yeah. Yeah, when you're when you're playing six defensive backs with one linebacker back there, you got to really rely on that front four to get pressure on the quarterback, and that's what they did. Yeah, uh, and and so it was just a perfect storm of of, of great scheme, uh, great strategy, uh, and then great execution by the players uh, on the field. Absolutely. Well, let's uh, let's move on to the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors coming into town. Chavin Cordero, their quarterback, uh, really good player, really dynamic player. He can run, he can throw. Uh, I asked Coach Bull if he was Nick Nashish from uh, San Jose State. Uh, Nick Nash has a different gear. Uh, that guy's really fast, but uh, Cordero's a better passer. Uh, Wyoming really did a number on him last year. He went nuts on Fresno State in the opener, threw for 300-plus. Cowboys ha- held him to minus passing yards in the first half last year. Wyoming rolled, of course, 31-7 in that game. Uh, ESPN, I'm looking at the ESPN deal right here. They give Wyoming an 83.2% chance of winning this bad boy. Um, Hawaii's averaging 28 points a game. They're allowing 32.8 points a game. They are giving up almost 300 passing yards per game. That's 127th in the country. So it's easy to say right now, hey, do what you did last week because you can. Like, Levi Williams needs to throw the ball. We've seen nobody can stop Isaiah Nair. Now Joshua Cobbs is getting hot. Keep that momentum yeah, it, it, and that's what we said all year, but I'm going to say this. Remember the Alamo. Remember New Mexico. Um, <laughs> I mean, if there, was one, <laughs> if there was one game that we knew Wyoming was going to win, yeah. it was it was against the Los Lobos. Yeah, the get-well um, game. The get-well game. That was what we called it. <laughs> yeah. Well, if there's any game, you know, but just what the doctor ordered, we got the New Mexico coming in. Um, really, the bottom line is, um, Hawaii's Hawaii's taking a lot of teams to the mat. Um, yeah, they are. <clears throat> the, 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 and it's a and it's a Mountain West football game, which we just touched on earlier. Is anybody's ball game? Um, if Wyoming comes out and they play, and and I say hate saying if uh, they they should have the formula pretty well figured out at this point. Yeah. Um, two out of the last three games, they have knocked out of the park. Um, going up to Boise on the Blues is going to be a hard deal, and they didn't play well. Uh, they didn't. They, We're and, still the, in it. And the play, still in it. it's still in it. it. Didn't play well. Play calling was, in my opinion, pretty terrible. Game clock management was wasn't good. Again, we yeah. go back to trying not to lose a football game, especially at the end of that first half. But let's not go back to the blue. Uh, the the bottom line is CSU. They, they've bookended CSU and Utah State, and and so okay, we got two out of three. Now let's just build on that and, and go from there. But. Uh, as far as hey, eighty-two point three percent chance ESPN. I don't even. How do you come up with that? Like, hey, yeah. What what is that? Yeah. I mean, I get point spreads. I get that. Yeah. But just being like, yeah, this is an eighty-five percent chance of rain today. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. <laughs> well, looking at Hawaii's schedule here, fellas, they uh, they beat number eighteen Fresno State, twenty-seven twenty-four. I believe they took advantage of five turnovers in that game, uh, but beat a top twenty team. And, on the island. And we're close uh, against San Diego, San Diego State, State, I believe. Yep, 17-10 to 10 against number 24, San Diego State. Of course, last week uh, they did give up about almost 700 yards of total offense to CSU, uh, but they did get a pick six when they needed it, and they won 50-45. to 45. So this team can score. They can score in bunches. They can run. They've got athletes. Uh, but you have to like the Cowboys' chances at 72-20. 
And uh, in late November, although the weather is not late November-ish, it's, uh, it's still Wyoming, it's still cold, it still looks nothing like where these cats are from. Well, you know, it's, uh, does, does this game make Hawaii Bowl eligible? I think it does, right? This yeah, is this is this, 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 so you can look at the, this being a play-in game for both schools. Sure. So for both schools, this is a play-in game to get bowl eligible. They they are going to be motivated. Uh, they're they're coming out here to, to to get a win, and they know all the same things we just said about them, because yeah. <clears throat> that's what they hear every every year coming to to Laramie or or Fort Collins or and vice versa or, with or, or, you, or Utah State or sure. you, yeah you yeah. name it. Yeah. Um, and, and so I I really kind of throw that out a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Ball State maybe. But right. Hawaii, this is every year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not. I'm not. If if it was snowing and the wind was blowing, I'd be like, okay, they're definitely not used to that uh, on a consistent basis. But it's it, it's 55 degrees today. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, uh, the wind's not blowing too hard. So uh, you know, I, I, these guys are going to have to get out there and play a heck of a football game for the Cowboys to get bowl eligible and look hopefully to to one of the 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 Mountain West bowl eligible games. Yeah, they got to throw the ball today. Mm-hmm. Um they they've got to take advantage of that soft secondary from Hawaii and the like I mentioned before, the momentum. You've got to keep that momentum going. Levi Williams is getting better each week. Mm-hmm. This will be his fifth start. He's still trying to cement this job. So get out there, call a good game plan like you did last week. He made a lot of a, a lot of the high percentage throws. Mm-hmm. And I and uh, Joshua Cobbs took advantage, and then over the top to Isaiah Nair, which is never a bad idea. And he caught every single one of them. Yeah, he's still trying to cement this job. I it's cemented. <laughs> well, for this year, in, my, my opinion. Yeah, and 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 I would and and listen. This is probably fodder for for a different show at a different time of year as we, as we go into fall camp next year. But I'm just going to put it put it on the record right now. Levi Williams needs to be the quarterback going into to next year, and there, there there shouldn't be a quarterback battle, and they shouldn't put it up for discussion. They need to name it. They need to say that. Yes, right they need at the to, end of the year. They need to 100%. say it after after the bowl game. Yeah, yeah. No matter what, be, be like you know what, we're really excited to have Levi come back as our starter next year, and that's going to be the way it is going into. You know, they're not going to do that, sure, because you have to go through spring, and they want to put a pressure on the guy, and if he's not competing, yeah, all the things that go into it. Out the best in but man, do we not have to want to go through another quarterback battle in the middle of a season again? No, that I was think huge. that was a huge problem. It was, and Craig admits it. It was huge. Leading it's seismic. All, yeah, leading all the way up to the Montana State game yep. on that day, I think. Is we still kind of didn't know what was going to happen. That's what and, I was hearing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I was hearing all along that it was supposed to be open. Yeah, and then it just didn't seem very open. No. And what that suggests to me is there was a lot of uh, disagreement in the building, sure, uh, between the coaching staff about who should have been the guy, you know, who liked what qualities about what guy and, and who deserved it this way and that way. And so when you've got that situation, you know, you, you want to give everybody a voice and make sure everybody's heard. But, you know, Craig doesn't seem to be like that kind of a guy usually. Mm-hmm. So, you know, make a call early and call it good and be like, we're, we're going to ride this horse a, a, until he proves that he, he, he wants to buck us. Absolutely. All right, guys, let's get into some quick thumbs up, thumbs down. Speaking of Mr. Williams uh, and how – he should take advantage of this Hawaii secondary today. Will Levi Williams throw for more than 300 yards and connect on 65% of his throws, Kyle? I'm going to say yes. Um, carrying that momentum over, I think he hits Nair for a couple big touchdowns. I'm going to say Nair has 150. Well, and we've seen Nair can catch it 15 yards down the field and turn and that off. into some big yards exactly. for Levi. Yep. 
Ryan? So I'm a superstitious guy. So like when I watch a football game, if I'm sitting in a seat and, and the team's not doing well, I, I get up and switch seats. Right. And that has an effect on what happens. Oh, it does. <laughs> I change I change what I'm wearing it's, sometimes. Yeah, I'm like I'll, I'll turn my hat around. Yep. So And it absolutely has an effect without question. It's scientifically proven, yeah. especially with me. I yeah. check so, my wife out. Like when she comes <laughs> and goes, oh, how's the game going? And yeah. something bad happens, I go, get out of here. So here's, the, here's the deal. I was negative Nelly last week. Yeah. And so I'm going to stick with this. <laughs> I <laughs> thought about signed off, You're like, no, Wyoming does nope, not have a chance. No chance. <laughs> and so in sticking with the superstitious, so this is a kind of a double meaning here, but I'm going to say no and hope for the best. Yes. <laughs> I like it. I thought that crossed my mind. All right, uh, Ryan, back to you. Isaiah Nayer will snag a pair of touchdowns today and make it a dozen on the year. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm going to switch my perspective since I already <laughs> went superstitious. Now I'm going to go straight anal, uh, analyst. Uh, yeah, yes, I, I, I think so. Uh, I, with with Hawaii's secondary the way that they are, you know, 127th in the country in, in pass defense. All right, Kyle. Uh, Isaiah Nair, will he snag a pair of touchdowns today and make it 12 touchdown catches? He's going to get both of them in the first half, and then they're going to pound the rock in the second half and and take, take time off the clock. I agree. I think so. I mean, you got it. This guy will be the best secondary. Mm-hmm. You got to put yeah. it up, though. You got to give him a chance today. Got to. Uh, Kyle, Chad Muma playing in his final game today at the war will snag an interception. Mm-hmm. The way that Logan Wilson did against CSU in his finale at the war in 2019. Uh, no, but I think he'll scoop and score one. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> That's yeah. more rare than an interception. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say thumbs up on the INT. Uh, I, I bet they come out in nickel and dime packages again. Yeah. Um, I bet Chad's kind of featured again, and and, and again that, that that's why he had 17 tackles. They were in dime the whole time. <laughs> he yeah. was the only linebacker filling any hole that they had. Yeah. So I think they're going to give the, him that opportunity again. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to say thumbs up on the INT. All right, Ryan. Xavion Valaday still has one year of eligibility remaining if he chooses to use it. He will test the NFL waters, and we've seen the the last of Xavion Valaday. Today will be his last game in Laramie as well. I would, if, if I was advising him, I would say, you know, do not do that. Um and, and I, I, I don't know him uh, or his family or, or his circumstances, and so that's a personal decision that he'll have to make. Um, but with the NIL scenario that you have in college now, I would suggest that he stays in. Running back is not at a premium in the NFL. Um, I, you know, Saquon Barkley was the second pick in the draft, and he's being roundly, uh, Dave Gettleman at the New York Giants is being roundly criticized at this point for doing that uh, in, in many different uh, scenarios, but I don't think you'll see a, another uh, running back draft in the first round in quite some time. And so, since it's not at a premium, you want to get as much as you can in college and as much film as you can in college so that you can get to a place where maybe it's not just running back. You know, I can catch the football, I can show you that I can block in, in, in blitz packages. Um, I would suggest that he stays, but again, you know, I, I can't look in the crystal ball on this one and know what he wants to do. Kyle, does Xavier Valaday come back next year? I think he does. Um, I'm I'm with Ryan on that. I just I think that uh, you know that they, they don't come. You can get a guy in free agency. I don't think I would guess that he wouldn't get drafted. Um, and you know, you see a guy like Philip Lindsay. You can get him. You can catch out of the who just got who just got released. Just got so. um, you get you can get those guys for pretty cheap. Yeah. 
So unless it's a guy like Christian McCaffrey where you're so dynamic yeah. and the offense is centered around him, then I think that's when you pick a guy. I mean, even now, I don't think you pick him in the first round. I think you pick him in the second well, round. And, and, and look, at, look at Derrick Henry and Christian McCaffrey. Both both have been hurt, and yeah. Henry's out for the season. Exactly. Yep. All right, guys. Uh, we got to wrap this up here. Cowboys looking for win number seven and more stability as far as bowl eligibility here against the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. Kickoff is at one. Want to thank Lovejoys once again for the for sponsoring us this season. Unbelievable, uh, unbelievable that they did that, as well as Brown and Gold Outlet, uh, Warren's Repair and Towing, and Rocky Mountain Shirt Works. Uh, we will see you next week. We'll talk some. Uh, some crouton. <laughs> cool. Have a good week. We're just listening to the 7220 Sports Kickoff Show with Cody Tucker, presented by Lovejoy's Bar and Grill, your college football and NFL viewing headquarters in downtown Laramie. Also brought to you by the Brown and Gold Outlet, Warren's Repair and Towing, and Rocky Mountain Shirtworks. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 